0: All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro.
1: Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. It's going okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, you know, we're in the throws. We We had the Blue Monday. I really liked your break where you said... Today is the day after Blue Monday, which means we're the furthest away from yeah. Blue Monday will be. That that's, was a really, that was super
0: clever. That's about as optimistic as I can be. Yeah. Today is, yeah, furthest day from Blue Monday. Day. Yeah. And it
1: was just a quick talk over and I was like,
0: hell yeah, sweets. That's something that's cool about this new format we have at the station. I have this opportunity to do a bunch of talk So there's these quick little sweeps where you jump in and say something cute and then you get out. Right. We had the opportunity to do that with the old station, but so much of the library previously was newer music, and now we play a lot of older music, and it's just the way songs are produced. Uh, They have longer intros back in the day. So now I've got 14 to 17 second intros. I used to have like hard start songs, zero second intros, and now I can... You know, dance on... Now you can hit the post. Dance on a ramp. We're not supposed to hit the post.
1: You're not supposed to.
0: Formatically, we're not supposed to hit the post because it makes people it makes people nervous. Did you ever hear that comedy bit of the guy... For, I can't give him credit, but he's basically... He's talking about how uh, nerve-wracking it is when a radio DJ is super calm, talking over the intro of a song, and you're
1: like, you gotta and get out right, of there! Yeah. <laughs> no, I've never heard that. <laughs> it's great. That's amazing. Yeah. I should share that with Anna because... Anytime I'm in the studio with Anna, she'll end up saying something like, oh, walked right up to that post and kissed it, didn't I? Yeah, (laughs) There are certain people in our office
0: who are incredibly good at hitting the post. Neil Spence is amazing at hitting the post. Really? Yeah. And then it's just like... And sometimes <laughs> they happen accidentally, and yeah. that's when you toss your headphones with the greatest of ease, yeah. and you're like, you sit back and put your feet up.
1: You're like, that's just timed out perfectly. It feels good, but it's just uh, a self-stroke for the jock. Don't it- you kind of think that sometimes people stretch it out way too much, too? And it's yes! like, and anyways, <laughs> so... That's why we're going to play this song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, that's, that's definitely true. And sometimes when you're, when you're uh, this is inside baseball too, but sometimes when you're voice tracking, you line up the intros so that you hit the post. Yeah. And that's kind of cheating, but nobody has to know. Right, right. So you're
1: like moving your track. Yeah. Nice. You're just sliding it around like a DJ would do. That's right. Sliding it around like a puck in front of a goalpost. No, I lost
0: you. Okay. You Want to talk about the Oscar nominations? Yeah, let's do it. Talk of the Town, Oscar nominations, not without a few uh, snubs. Yeah. But let's talk about... A couple uh, of flubs, maybe. A couple of flubs. You Definitely what, some snubs. You know what? Like I have been uh, a Green Book apologist for this whole award season. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed The Green Book. I know it's not called The Green Book. I don't know why I keep doing that. It's just <laughs> called Green Book. Um, it's a lovely little film. And maybe it's problematic in that the subject's family uh, disputes some of it. Maybe it's problematic in that a white guy made this movie about... Uh, about ozymandias green book (laughs) right yeah (laughs) yeah about about racism uh but peter forelli didn't get nominated which is interesting right um i thought it was a sweet little movie but i also liked driving Miss daisy right uh which also won stuff didn't it yeah it did the thing about green book i almost said the green book the thing about this movie is without a doubt if and when it wins best picture Mm -hmm. it will be another shape of water another king's Speech. Another Shakespeare in Love, a movie that in five years we're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> How did that beat The Shape of Water? Not Another Shape of Water, uh, A Star is Born, which I'm sorry, 2018, 2019, the year in film is
1: A Star is Born and it's Black Panther. Yeah. I'm still, I can't board the Black Panther train on this one. I'd be happy to watch it again. I, I think I should watch it again because I'm also, I don't know if I'm the only one who who just sat down and was like, Yeah. This is a good movie. I know that there's more of like a cultural reach to it, and that was important. Yeah, but here's my but- argument
0: to that. like, If these are more than just movies, which they are, because that's why we're having this conversation, mm-hmm. then movies like Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians, and frankly, Into the Spider-Verse, do matter the most this year. Because they made a difference for people. And they're what we're talking about.
1: yeah. Yeah, but I mean, to a certain extent, fucking comedies make a big difference to people. That your Step Brothers came out was like absolutely you now we're oh, obviously not going to get nominated.
0: Absolutely, yeah. The broad slapstick comedies that have been uh, underappreciated at the at the Academy Awards—a good example where it scarcely was appreciated—is uh, Melissa McCarthy in Bridesmaids, and right. who, who knows why they decided to signal out, single out that one performance, <laughs> right, just her. I and guess now she's nominated of, again. Now she's nominated again. I haven't seen. Can you ever forgive me?
1: No, I had no idea this movie existed until, uh, until the Golden Globes. Yeah, and then I didn't know, didn't do any research into what it was about until the other day when you told me. I still didn't do research. You told me.
0: I'm into it. I'm, I'm curious to see it now that it's, it's nominated for best, best lead Actress and best supporting actor for Richard E. Grant. It's got both of those in there. Right. Maybe best support, best screenplay. What's Richard E. Grant from? Uh, Spice World? I don't know. I don't know what he's from. Is he actually from Spice he World? He does have a little role in Spice World. Is um, <laughs> he the manager? Maybe. I don't know. He must have been. Uh, he's been around a long time. He's like a theater guy. And there's a really sweet little video clip. I don't know if it was taken by paparazzi or whomever, but when he had just found out he was nominated for Academy Award on the street yesterday, he's like, he's a ray of sunshine. He's no, so excited. It's uh, 62 years old. He's nominated yeah. for an Oscar, and he's
1: just he's bubbling over. <laughs> That's hilarious. He's so excited. Walks in a liquor store and just Pounds of drink.
0: So, Peter Forelli snubbed for Best Director. Sure. So is Bradley Cooper. Right. And that's that sucks because he sunk all his efforts into winning Best Director at the Academy Awards in 2019. You're right. The first thing you see in the Star Wars Born trailer is a Bradley Cooper film or something yeah. like that.
1: And he was But also not- at the same time, aren't you kind of like, good? Fuck it. Mm. If this is the reason that you're making movies to try to be like- this is my magnum no,
0: opus. No, I don't think he... First of all, I don't think he's he was Oscar chasing when he made this movie. No. But I think when he made the movie and it was great, yeah. he has the right to chase Oscars. Uh, and he's yeah. proud of his job and he did a great job and he made the most buzzworthy movie of the year. Like it or not, A Star is Born is a big ass movie in a way mm. that we don't have very often anymore. Remember though, when the trailer came out and it was like, wow, that was fucking unbelievable. Like people talked about the trailer of A Star is Born. Yeah. In a way that people don't talk about trailers anymore. And he did that. And he did an extraordinary job and he was nominated for best director and director in every other category for leading a big movie that was probably the odds were stacked against it when he brought it to the studio.
1: He did that. He did a great job. He also did a great job in chasing the buzz and finding using Lady Gaga for the movie. Huge. I feel like that was his most calculated move. Huge.
0: Made her a movie star. Yeah. But he didn't get nominated for Best Director, which I think is what he wants. He got nominated for Best Actor. He could have been doing some campaigning for Best Actor because he gives an amazing performance in A mm-hmm. Star is Born. Yeah. I think he is the highlight of the movie, in fact, as an actor. Yeah. Uh, but he hasn't been campaigning for it. and Now the front runner. I mean, it's, it's Christian Bale's to lose. And if right. he loses, it's Rami Malek's. He's and- never going to win Best Actor for A Star is Born.
1: But Lady Gaga could, right? Actress. I don't
0: think so. No. I think that I think that once upon a time it, it was hers to lose, and now uh, it's Glenn Close's first, then it's Olivia Coleman's, before it's it's Lady Gaga's.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen The Favorite, and I do not plan on seeing The Favorite. The weird thing about uh, The
0: Favorite is Olivia Coleman's nominated for Best Actress, mm-hmm. and both Rachel Weiss and Emma Stone are uh, nominated for Best Supporting. Particularly in the case of Emma Stone, I think that's backwards. Because she's,
1: she's the star of the film. Has the, yeah, equal billing, if not the lead billing.
0: Definitely more so than Olivia Colman. Wow. She's definitely the menace of the movie that makes it compelling. And Mahershala right. Ali, we talked about this before, him being nominated for Best Supporting Actor, which he's going to win. Right. Seems weird. Then again, it's occurred to me that their
1: agencies are probably the ones submitting them for categories. That's true. And I think they, they take into account, okay, who do we have in Supporting Actor? Man, if we put Mahershala in supporting actor, which we technically can because he's like co-billing this with Viggo Mortensen, they'll have a way higher chance of actually winning.
0: Maybe, but uh, Sam Elliott was really great. I think he's a dark horse to win Uh, best supporting
1: actor. I don't have to argue that with me. I think his screen time is a lot lower maybe than some of the other supporting actors. I don't
0: know. Sam Rockwell's not in Vice that much.
1: No, that's true. Uh,
0: Definitely less screen time than Mahershala Ali, no question. Definitely less so than Adam Driver in in Black Klansman. Uh, And I haven't seen Can You Ever Forgive Me with Richard E. Grant. But also screen time doesn't so much matter because, uh, well, um, uh, what's his name? Hannibal Lecter, Anthony Hopkins, he won Best Actor and he's only in the movie for like 13 Right,
1: That's like the most famous case of it, I think.
0: That and Darth Vader is is very few minutes, although he didn't win an Oscar for I him. was going to say, he won <laughs>
1: Best Supporting
0: Actor. No, but it's easy. It, yeah. It's almost like a Mandela effect. It's amazing when you realize how little Darth Vader is in the original right. Star Wars.
1: More of a shadow. Yeah,
0: yeah. His ominous presence is, right. is throughout. The Isn't, idea of him. Another example scary. I can't think of right now. Uh, Best Original Screenplay, The Favorite, First Reformed. That's the other big snub is that people really thought Ethan Hawke should have been nominated for First Reformed.
1: What's First Reformed about?
0: He plays a priest who I think is having a faith, uh, a crisis of faith. Okay. Apparently he's awesome in it. And honestly, isn't Ethan Hawke awesome in everything?
1: Yeah, he doesn't have too many missteps, does he? No, he doesn't. He does The Purge and it ends up being like incredible. Exactly. Yeah.
0: He made a movie about Maude Lewis a couple years ago. Right. And like, if that, it wasn't a big deal here, where is it going to be a big deal otherwise? Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's a tough one.
0: Uh, Green Book, First Reformed, Roma, Roma's... uh, Very likely going to win Best Director. I think it's a dark horse to win Best Picture. Have you watched it yet? No. That's the last one of the Best Pictures I haven't seen. Okay. You've seen all of them. Yeah, because Beale Street didn't get nominated. I still have to see Beale Street. I'd like to for Regina King and Brian Tyree Henry, who's not nominated. But it didn't get nominated for Best
1: Picture, so I can slow my roll. Yeah. We decided we weren't going to watch The Favorite. I will watch Roma. I don't think Jen's into it. She (laughs) snubbed it so quick. I was like... I have not heard a more closed-minded take than her reasoning for not wanting to see The Favorite, which was basically, or for not wanting to see Roma, which was just, there's subtitles, and it's black and white, and it's a movie about (laughs) Mexico. She was like, ah, I don't care.
0: Is it black and white? Yeah. The thing is, well, that's weird. Why would you make a movie about Mexico and not put
1: color in it? Mexico, and call it Roma. Mexico, and it's yeah, you're in right. Black and wh- I'm pretty sure it's in black and white. Mexico is so colorful. I know like that's its thing. I'm pretty sure it's black and white. I'm, I'm not positive, but like the, the thumbnail the trailer is black and, and white. the thumbnail is black and white.
0: I I know that it's a, like a, it takes a little bit more sweat to watch a subtitles movie, but it's not going to be bad. It's no, going to be a good. movie. We've all seen good subtitle movies before. Absolutely. So I got to see Roma. What's interesting about Beale Street getting snubbed? And First Man getting snubbed Mm, yeah. is that two years ago during La La Land slash Moonlight, we never would have thought that in just two years, both of those directors, the two hottest directors in Hollywood, would get snubbed for the Academy Awards. Because they definitely lined up their movies to win Oscars. Who was Beale Street? Uh, Barry Jenkins, who did Moonlight. Right. Okay.
1: So the other thing too is, isn't... Well, actually, yeah, both are such Oscar bait. One is '60s America, um, talking about one of the great triumphs yeah, of the country, ever, starring one of the like most highly touted a list like who is Canadian hot actors, but yes, yeah. Um, did I say it was American? No, but you were talking about America. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Who is Canadian? You're right. Yeah. Um, and. The other one, which is like a civil rights movie, yeah. which always ends up getting nominated to, right. which I guess the closest thing is Green Book. Yeah. So, so it still kind of like checks that box. It does. So I think Oscar was happy with that.
0: Maybe, but I maintain that as much as I enjoyed Green Book, it's going to feel so silly in a few years when we look back and see that Green Book won this I don't, picture. I don't think it's going to. It might not. You think that it's it's bottomed out and that like they've... They've had enough
1: hate now that it just it's bad press. I think just just to put twenty bucks down on this, which I might do, I might put twenty bucks down on Black Panther, and I'll probably put twenty bucks down on A Star Is Born, which I think pays like two to one right now. Uh, Black Panther
0: is the first ever superhero movie to be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, Uh, I want A Star Is Born to win. Mm -hmm. I think that it suffers a little bit from being the obvious choice, like La La Land a couple of years ago. Yep. Uh, It was this big thing. It was this exciting, nerdy movie thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that it's now boring to people or the idea of it winning is boring to people or it's just flying under the radar too much. But it's a movie. You know what I mean when I say that? Like it's a real goddamn movie. And I think it's a shame that that's not being celebrated more. Because uh, Green Book is sweet, but it's just like a movie you take your grandma to
1: see. So the things... In A Star Is Born, that you say it's a fucking movie, just just qualify that. It's made up of movie stars, right? It in fact
0: turned one of the biggest pop stars in the world into a movie star. Yeah, sure. It's got melodrama, mm-hmm. it's got passion, it's got tragedy. Mm-hmm. It's about fame, which is a very big thing to the Academy, and it's very unusual that that would go unrecognized. Sure. Yeah, uh, and it's sexy. The soundtrack was huge. Yeah, that's a big thing. That is also not a big deal anymore. True. Uh, What's the soundtrack soundtrack like? Does that exist? I mean, he plays a great classical pianist, right? That's what the movie's about. So maybe there's like a score out there. Yeah, but no, I don't think there's a.
1: Plus, there's a lot of Oscar voters that are super old. Yes, that's right. (laughs) You know. Yeah, and
0: uh, they. I think they mentioned like. Sam Cook or something. Is
1: Vigo Mortensen nominated for supporting actor too? For lead actor. For lead actor? Yeah. I mean, he's no stranger to the Academy Awards either. He's so good, man. He's really good. He's really good. And he's kind of ha- hasn't been around for a while.
0: I guess that's kind of true. Did you, did, you, did you see Captain Fantastic a couple years ago?
1: No, I didn't. What was that about again? He plays like an
0: unconventional father. He has right. These, yeah, yeah, I remember you telling me about it. I watched it. He has these kids, and he homeschools them, and they. Live and in I heard a, it was amazing fan.
1: from multiple people. It's good, and I heard that. Yeah, it's one of those movies that I meant to watch, and I totally forgot about. Yeah, it I kind should, of fell away. I should watch that for sure. I don't think he got nominated for it. Maybe he did. but I if heard there's so. a lot of like unconventional wisdom in it too.
0: Yeah, there was a really cool scene where uh, I think um, his daughter is reading Lolita, or like something she has, his young daughter, she has no business reading this book, sure. and she, it's not a school assignment, because he schools them. Uh, right. And he asks her her thoughts on Lolita, and she said, it's interesting i think i think the word she used was it's interesting and he absconds her for that he's he like, says, says, like interesting that's the most is a useless word yeah the it most means nothing to be interesting yeah and he asks her to expound on that right and uh i thought that was kind of wise mm-hmm. i thought that was cool
1: yeah yeah i should watch that i in. i'm into it and also like you know eastern promises and what else has he been in like uh was he in mystic river too Maybe, I mean... Uh, like, he's such a... And Lord of the Rings, obviously. He was the titular Return of the King, which right. one Best Picture. Yeah. Man. He was in it right there with uh, Liam Neeson.
0: Is it hard for you to imagine a world where Lord of the Rings
1: wins Best Picture? uh Not really, because I think that lends itself to the the legend of Lord of the Rings. I guess. You know, it was, it was such a huge movie. Right. It was such a huge trilogy.
0: Right, but it was also this big blockbuster thing and it was so mainstream. Mm-hmm. And just because Black Panther is mainstream... I'm not saying that this that's why it shouldn't win. Is,
1: do you just think that just it's just being... I think it's sillier. Do you think it's being pandered to? Yeah, definitely. I think it's for sure being pandered to. I think it was nowhere... I mean, if we're comparing Lord of the Ring to Black Panther, I don't think Black Panther fucking touches Lord of the Rings. I don't know. I don't think it's that far off.
0: I really don't. Especially since it's like it's got everything. Yeah, it has comedy. It's got silliness to it, but it's got like beautiful uh visual effects. It's like it made these people stars. Once again, it turned all of these people into yeah. big Yeah, I don't know. Stars. It
1: just it certain parts like when uh Martin uh what's his face is like riding that mystical futuristic helicopter that ends up saving (laughs) like I'm just that that was so dumb to me there's just so many dumb things in it that I could also yeah I know if you're saying well Lord of the Rings has fucking flying dragons I get it it has Martin Freeman too it also does yeah you're right um was he in the original no he was he was in the Hobbit yeah um I I don't know I just thought it wasn't as good that's all I'm gonna say
0: that's so interesting
1: yeah I thought no Black Panther could not like bring me to tears and Lord of the Rings could. It's not a hot take. You're not the only one out there who kind of does it. No, that's probably a pretty cold take. No, but like, I, I like the movie. It's not, uh, and I'm not trying to be high and mighty about it at all. Cause I, I feel like I'm not, I don't have much pretension in, in my movie picks. I, I've got a lot of, uh, movie favorites
0: right okay but here that look aren't. at it this way you're also somebody who accuses films of being oscar bait and you have an issue when people seem to chase after the statue so you can't have it both i don't know ways. if i have an issue with that you just talked about Brad yeah i Cooper. guess i did okay you can't Get, have it go, both ahead, ways. go ahead if a movie is stop yelling at me <laughs> if a movie is mainstream and happens to be now the second highest grossing movie of all time at unseated titanic mm-hmm. uh and uh is big and superhero-y and mm-hmm. sexy and cool and a money movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, You're forgetting the best part, which is my boy, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah,
0: uh, That doesn't take away from the fact that it is a piece of artwork. And uh, somebody chasing after a gold statue doesn't take away from the fact that it is a piece of artwork, but it does kind of sully it. When Black Panther was not made to win awards, it happened to do it in a weird weirdly backward way mm-hmm. completely honestly after in this in this time of complete oversaturation of mainstream superheroes and blockbuster where we couldn't be more exhausted by superheroes somehow it was special and
1: that's a pretty big deal yeah i don't know <laughs> you're not gonna be mean. no i'm not gonna i'm not i can't change sides now i just yeah it was important the other it, thing it uh, was an important transformers movie okay all right all right that's what it was
0: well, apparently there is an important transformers movie
1: <laughs> right the yeah we have talked about that for all. bumblebee are stupid good and <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that that to me is the power of low expectation i guess like you you make a bunch of shit transformer movies and you then make one with i don't know maybe it's got a cool twist in it and a couple surprises and some good performances all of a sudden we got a 95 percent on rotten tomatoes the
0: nice thing about bumblebee to me is that they got together they mm-hmm. they showed up for day one on set or whatever, or whenever somebody decided to write that screenplay. And the leader of the band stood on a soapbox and said, you know what? Forget what they say. We're going to make a damn great movie.
1: is that Was that John Cena?
0: I don't know. Maybe it was. <laughs> no. Okay. Whoever, whoever made the movie. I'm just saying hypothetically, like somebody right. had to decide not to be pushed down sure. by the reputation of Transformers movies.
1: It's funny because I totally didn't even buy, there was a, a preview with John Cena. Like, you know, one of those interview previews He's like, you know, I think it's uh maybe one of the best transformers movies. And I think everyone's <laughs> going to go out there and have well, a lot Burke of fun. said the same thing, have a lot of fun watching it. Right. But I was like, I, I cannot buy Like, you don't even believe this. Well, the other we thing were is just commenting on how he was, not believing what he was saying john cena is always
0: like that about every everything he says is the greatest and most optimistic positive shit in the world sure. he's such a kool-aid monkey he's a wrestler yeah and so for him to say it's the best thing
1: you've ever seen kind of doesn't hold any weight no no exactly but he he wasn't even enthusiastic about it like oh. that's that's the thing he, he couldn't sell it. that's the thing he wasn't like guys you gotta hear me out on this it was like and, uh, like, it was probably his 19th interview of the day, so I get it. He, he was probably like, I'm tired, so, yeah, you all got to go see this movie. And and maybe he actually did believe in it, but I didn't believe it. Maybe. So. But maybe maybe he just doesn't have good taste. <laughs> yeah, maybe he thought it was one of the shittiest Transformers movies. And
0: he loved Blockers.
1: Remember oh, blockers? yeah,
0: right. I don't know. Maybe Blockers was good. I, didn't I see never it. saw it. You know what was good? It was Game Night. I know we've talked about game that. Game Night was super fun. Apropos of nothing, but like in a world where, like you said, broad comedies get nominated for Academy Awards, yep. Game Night is
1: pretty great. That was an airplane watch for me, and I was so happy about it. And you know who had the best performance in it? Rachel McAdams. Uh, nope. Um, You're wrong when you say Rachel McAdams. <laughs> good no, Lord. No, no, that's not a, You're so I'm, jacked I'm a, up it. I'm a 10 on the disagreeable scale for some reason. <laughs> I had so much coffee today. Uh, no, I, th- I think Rachel McAdams was really good, but I think... um same guy uh, what's his name jesse Plemons. jesse Plemons. fat damon yes absolutely <laughs> yeah he is. i've not heard him referred to as that but that's amazing
0: he uh yeah he is really creepy and great in that movie so funny yeah
1: so funny and like pretty pretty central while kind of being like a supporting act yeah you know he's pretty central in vice, vice. too what did yeah he was amazing in that he kind of was and when it started, I said, oh, my God, Jen, who is this? And I was like, within two minutes, I said, I know who it is. <laughs> it's the guy from Friday Night Lights who I can never remember his name. It's Jesse Plemons. Right. He's going to win an Oscar someday. Probably. I fully believe that. Well, and he's got the comedy chops, apparently. He's got the comedy chops. He was in Breaking Bad. That was his huge oh, like yeah. breakout role. Was he evil in that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But kind of evil with that like, stone face kind of talk. like." He didn't really care what, you know. Yeah, what, he's just know, a psychopath. Yeah. Was, yeah. Like, he kind of had like a half smirk when he was looking at you. Like, I think we talked about the Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, Mission Impossible thing where he was like, I'm going to kill your wife. <laughs> like, it was kind of <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like a Dr. Evil thing almost. That's what yeah. Dr. Evil is making fun of. He just says everything so flat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. I watched the new Conan. The new Conan premiered last night.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched it, but I heard a little bit about it from you. It's a little stiff. Yeah, yeah, they got to get the format down a bit,
0: which is okay. I mean, he's not wearing the suit, but he's basically wearing a suit. Like yeah. he's he's wearing a shirt and tie, and then a black jean jacket that is very finely pressed. Right. Uh, but it's a little bit more casual, I guess. He's sitting in armchairs, no desk. Okay. The studio is still really large, and maybe that's what kind of keeps it from having like too uh, intimate of a feel. Okay. My dad compared it to and this was hypothetically he's like is it going to be like Letterman's new show on on Netflix? Right. And Letterman's got a cool thing. He just goes to any old theater. His like his studio doesn't even have to have a look, but Conan still kind of has a networky uh heavily lit room kind of vibe.
1: Yeah. And I think it might be the same studio his old show is in cuz it's a big old studio. And how many people like Live audience style or like 15 people or like 60 people? Like I said, as big as ever. So like probably two or 300 people. Oh, whoa. Okay. Um,
0: big. And then the set itself is small cause it's just him and Andy and Tom Hanks. Right. Uh, the conversation was good, I guess it was kind of like his podcast. Yeah. Um, but and it shorter. was Tom Hanks, it was Tom Hanks. That was his first. Day. Okay. Tom Hanks was on and Tom Hanks wasn't promoting anything. I think that's supposed to be another, uh, milieu of this
1: of this particular show is that you're not really coming on to promote your thing you're coming on because conan likes you which
0: might make it hard to get guests
1: yeah yeah that's true i wonder when i'll have marin on yeah it probably won't be that long he had a big issue <laughs> on the uh, podcast <laughs> yeah. about you not, never had me on the tonight not show being on the tonight show
0: well we we're only on for 12 and a half minutes yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but sometimes you have to interview vanessa hudgens not because you want to but because she's in a new show
1: yeah, but I think even those people he's gonna he's gonna have a checklist, it seems like, that if it's not good enough, like we're not gonna have, you know, the weather guy from Boston on because he's a viral hit right now. Oh, I see. We're going to have Tom Hanks and we're gonna have he he'll probably do things like Ariana Grande. Okay, she actually is like a uh she's got kind of those chops to sit down and have a conversation with. my thing
0: is, Ariana Grande's people aren't going to let her do that show if it's not to promote something. Oh, yeah, right. It's going to be harder to book people if it's not for a business purpose. He's going to run out of friends pretty quickly.
1: But I think he's still going to okay some of the people that are promoting things. He's just not going to have people on because they're promoting things. Maybe. Maybe that's the difference. The other thing that was kind of neat, and I told you about this as well, is that they didn't cut for commercial. They just
0: kept going, and then eventually it faded out. Kind of like when podcasters put a commercial in mid-interview, but they just stick it in in the middle somewhere. They look for a lull, then they stick in the we'll be right back with Conan title card. And Conan never actually has to stop for commercial, which is cool because it keeps the conversation flowing. And also, I kind of think we got to take a break. We'll be right back with Ron Funches Mm -hmm. kind of doesn't need to exist. That's kind of
1: like an ancient TV thing. And they come back and they just say, you were saying, and it's not like, I'm here with Tom Hanks, Tom. uh..." Right. Or they pivot to some kind of like gag. Right. Sure. Okay. Cool. Did they do a gag last night? uh yeah was there like a masturbating bear kind of no they did it, a or? they did a sketch with milo Ventimiglia. i forget what the the theme
0: was it All obviously right. didn't stick with me but i remember milo
1: but they they had the
0: stars out for
1: episode one yeah and why not yeah yeah i'm gonna miss the podcast Podcasts not going anywhere well they, they had 10 episodes they didn't have a new episode after adam sandler did that yeah oh
0: who was it uh let me see yeah, he's still doing the
1: podcast. He's doing it every week. I thought he was just doing like a ten episode run, and that He was had that. Ron Funches on this Monday. That's oh, why he was in my head. Oh shit!
0: Yeah, no, that's his thing. Why like did that not show the, the, the hour long show still exists within his podcast, but yeah. Conan is tired of not having real conversations with people. Uh, okay, all right, I dig. I dig too. <laughs> uh, okay, the Sopranos. This is kind of cool. Yes. Do you remember us talking a little while back about how they're going to do a movie, which is a prequel to the Sopranos? Yeah. It's called The Many Saints of Newark, which is a bomb-ass title. Okay. And they just cast the actor to play Tony. Okay. Michael Gandolfini. His son? James's son. That's incredible. You got to see this guy. It's he great. Lo-
1: looks a lot like him. Well, he's thin and handsome. Oh. But he's got this, his dad's face. So he's supposed to be what, like 20-year-old soprano kind of Yeah, thing? he's probably pushing 30. Okay. but uh, But yeah. Man, I wish you could just sit down and... Watch all the Sopranos. I couldn't handle it? No, I think you can. Yeah? I don't think it's that that insane. Okay. There's some gunshots, but like- Well, that's fine. It's not unlike, yeah, there's- I can't think of any insane torture scenes. Like. I think we overestimate
0: how sensitive I am. Like, I, I think I, so, too. Like, I can almost watch Game of Thrones. I'm probably good to watch most anything. Yeah.
1: Well, then you should do yourself a favor and yeah. watch all of- It's 20 years. They're, they're talking about it a lot right now. Bill Simmons is talking about doing a rewatchables on. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, it would be yeah. the best. Yeah. On The Sopranos. Um, And honestly, I'm so happy that I went back and watched it all because now people are referencing it at the 20 year anniversary. I know what they're talking about. I really think you would find it was one of the best shows ever of all time. That's what they say. And like, certainly that he is what the great television antihero yes. around
0: which all of these many antiheroes are based. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Maybe I will. Although I don't know where to access it these days, I mean, I can rip it off.
1: But I think that's what you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, rip it right off the the DVD shelf at Blockbuster and <laughs> in Alaska, and take it to where they have one remaining. The, the last Blockbuster. Buster. I
0: got cable. Yeah. Oh, you're good. Yeah, I might be able to find it somewhere on there.
1: You figured out. Yeah. Tom Bedell was telling me in a time when. This is a coworker of ours. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows who Tom Bedell is. In a time when, um, this is for the people in Sweden where we have oh, our, big right. our big, our big Sweden contingency. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he said he was able to, he had a friend who had the entire first season on VHS. Uh huh. And he ended up blending that around the entire building. And then, so like everyone in the studio had seen, uh, had seen The Sopranos, and then he got this ball and cable package and started recording the second season, so week by week, the VHS tape would go around. That's cool. Like, in the second season. So it was for taping it. It wasn't like somebody had... HBO didn't put it out on VHS. No, no. This was people taping it, ripping it off, and then, like, yeah, sending it around to other people. That's cool. It's so cool. It's
0: kind of funny. That doesn't... Well, because now I'm starting to set series recordings for stuff because I have a DVR. Yeah. I haven't, like scheduled stuff to tape it in years. But I can remember back in the day yeah. using the VCR to tape something. To be like Home Alone's on. I remember our Home
1: Alone VHSs that we would like That's right. fast forward. Everybody to. has a cardboard box with a Home Alone VHS in it. Yes. Which is so silly. Yeah, because it was on TV and you were able to rip it off. Everyone- it's on every year. Home Alone is the one movie that transcended everything for pe- people between the ages, like right now, between the ages of- probably 18 and 35 yeah i would be so shocked i feel like 98 percent of people in that age group have seen home alone
0: the other thing about home alone is it ages really well
1: yeah like the decor and the hairstyles are a little bit silly
0: but we're mostly just dealing with kevin and these two car- cartoonish uh, uh thugs yeah so it doesn't really matter like uh the mom's hair is a little bit silly. And the house, I never noticed before this past Christmas, the house, in the, in the McAllister home, everything is either red or green. I noticed it this year. I don't know how I've not noticed it over the last 20 years of my life. Everything in the goddamn house is either like <laughs> crimson or evergreen. I had it's no idea. Powerful. That's and so the, amazing. the style of the house doesn't have to age. And the other thing a lot of people will argue is that Kevin should have just made a friggin' phone call. Well, you need to watch home alone because there's a lightning strike and it shuts down the phone lines in the house. He could have gone to the police. He tried. But then he got scared because he could hear the burglars lurking around outside. Yeah. The other thing is, they the McAllister's probably don't have a landline anymore, mm-hmm. and they all brought their cell
1: phones with them to Paris. Yeah. So it kind of still works. Yeah. lot less uh, sense in Home Alone 2. Oh, sure. That That's where we really <laughs> fell off the deep end. But as a child, I thought Home Alone 2 was so much better than one. Home Alone 2 is still good. I was like, he's what? He's in a friggin' house. The entire time? Right. What's he going to do there? Like, what crazy vacant buildings is he going to run through? And not
0: just a vacant building. It is apparently, like, his uncle's house that's under construction. But, like, it's super under construction.
1: Oh, yeah. It's gutted. Oh, yeah. where are they? Totally gutted. And there's, like, holes in the floor. People fall through. Yeah, what part of New York is this? Right.
0: Duncan's toy chest was very cool. They make
1: it seem like it's downtown Manhattan until you go to this apartment. You're like, wait, were you in like, like (laughs) (laughs) Bed-Stuy?
0: The other thing I always think about with Home Alone 2 is when he throws the bricks off the roof and they all hit Marv. Yes. And that would kill a man.
1: Yeah, one of them would for sure kill a man. Just one. And he throws six. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still a good movie. And then, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a great watch. Yep. He also gets electrocuted yep. to the point where you can see through his skin. And you it's do just see his skull. bones. You're yeah.
0: right. <laughs> my
1: friend my friend did that the other day at the Mooseheads game. He was like, yeah. yeah! <laughs> and I said, you so like Marv when he's yeah. getting electrocuted. I wonder where that guy is now. Daniel I Daniel Stern. He, he did a couple episodes of Love. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he plays the dad. Gillian Jacobs' dad. That's right. I thought that was an interesting choice. Yeah. For them, not for him. I think any choice he makes is probably a good it's one. It's just a job. Yeah, you gotta gotta make that money. <laughs> but uh, I think he was more famous before maybe the movies. Well even yeah, Joe, and they had Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci's not around did anymore either. Goodfellas in like the same season. Goodfellas and Casino, I think he did. Yeah. And then went and did Home Alone, and that's what...
0: It- well, when Louis C.K. was was uh, talking up Horace and Pete, he told the story over and over about how he wanted Joe Pesci to play the Alan Alda right. role, and he couldn't get him to to do it. And Maybe Alan he just Alda doesn't do stuff anymore. Yeah, he probably doesn't have to. Yeah. I think he's also a piece of work. Oh, I think he's difficult.
1: sure. Yeah. Have you ever heard his Christmas album? No, Little Joe's Christmas album or whatever. Like <laughs> oh, you gotta. No, I've not. You gotta. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't play any of it on a station when... It was all Christmas music. We should have played a little Joe Pesci Christmas music last month. That would have gone a long way. Just, like, even a a line from it, if nothing else, during a talkover. Right. (laughs) That should be your thing next year is, like, I'm campaigning to get this on. My boss won't let it happen. (laughs) It would be really funny if you were, like, the triumphant... Uh, like nose to the grindstone. Yeah, if really I, trying to like fight for something. If
0: I get 500 retweets, my boss will let me play Little yes. Joe's Christmas album. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> I like it. At okay. Like at like eight o'clock or nine o'clock or something. We'll save that up for next year. Right. We'll bring. I'm it gonna back. totally forget it. But when you mention it, I'm gonna laugh hard. We're gonna we're gonna talk about
0: Jillian Anderson in a few minutes when we talk about the the shows this week. But she has an interesting new gig. She just got cast in The Crown season four, okay. not season three, which is yet to come out. But season four, she's going to play Margaret Thatcher. Oh. All right. Which is weird because she doesn't look like Margaret Thatcher. But she's going to put the big hair piece on. And go for it. I guess.
1: All right. I like it. I'm good. Do you? I think she's a good actor. Yeah. I did not know her from... I never watched The X-Files. Me neither. But when I watched this show tonight, I thought it was awesome. Did you watch SNL this week? We started watching it before I came over. Yeah. Saw the opening monologue. Saw the cold open, saw a couple sketches in up to, like, the Leslie Jones thing. Oh, yeah. Kind of missed the Pete. um, Pete Mulaney. No, I I didn't see that yet. I saw it on on Instagram, but kind of missed the, the Pete game show thing. Uh, Oh, yeah, she was playing like a 26 year old. That was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll go back and watch it.
0: Yeah. I'm struggling to remember. Oh, the commercial. What was it? The the, leave leave me alert. alert. (laughs) I thought that was pretty good.
1: That was good. Overall, kind of a mediocre episode. Yeah. 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 She was okay. Rachel Brosnahan. She didn't have any like missteps. No, it wasn't. There was nothing that she was doing that made the show bad. I agree. But it wasn't the show wasn't about Rachel Brosnahan. No, no. I like the the name sketch. That was pretty funny.
0: Oh my God. What a simple, dumb idea for a sketch. That was just give everybody Bart Simpson phone names. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I loved it. Yeah.
1: We were saying how many names got left on the cutting room floor? Oh, they must have sat there for
0: hours coming up with names. Yeah.
1: You're right. I would love to just see a list. All right. That's all I got. Okay.
0: Shall we? Let's do it. Okay. uh, It's my turn to go first. I'm going to recap the first episode of You. Which is this lifetime slash Netflix show with Pen? Is it Pen Begadilly or Pen Badgley? Uh,
1: I have no idea. I, probably Pen Badgley. That sounds familiar. It does sound better, doesn't yeah. it? But I <laughs> always thought it was Begadily. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like Piccadilly? Kind
0: of, yeah. Okay. Begadily. Begadilly, pardon. Begadily. <laughs> it's part of a nursery rhyme. Oh, right, yeah. I got to gather my thoughts here because I've, I've seen two episodes of this show now. You went for episode two. That's so
1: disappointing.
0: That's the me. problem with the show is that it's so ridiculous, but it's so watchable. Uh, okay, I can go on go. Okay, on three, two, one, Go. Joe runs a bookstore. A cute girl comes in to buy a book and they flirt for a little while. He immediately becomes obsessed and in love with her. He stalks her. He finds out who she is and where she lives. He watches her through the window. She has a boyfriend who's kind of a dirtbag. She has friends who don't really appreciate her. He appreciates her. He follows her to where she does spoken word poetry. It doesn't go very well. She falls onto the train tracks. He saves her life. Uh, Then he delivers her home to her abusive boyfriend. He uh, lures the boyfriend into a dungeon. A book dungeon yeah a book dungeon and hits him with a hammer and then holds him prisoner in the book dungeon
1: (laughs) i let you go for 35 seconds once you once you mentioned book dungeon
0: yeah Yeah. um (laughs) so it's from the makers of riverdale it oh is it it aired on it's so much i find that hard to believe it's so much better than riverdale i'm sorry to say (laughs) it's like it's i'm not saying it's good in fact it's
1: really excitedly it's not really good.
0: really dangerous and reckless <laughs> but it's it's better than riverdale for sure
1: yeah why did they i i didn't like how they kind of made you cheer for him cheer yes. for the stalker oh okay
0: so this this is the most toxic and dangerous thing about the show yeah is that they make him so handsome yeah he's an attractive guy <laughs> all of and, and charming and he likes to read yeah I, I fucking hate how much the writer thinks that they're a, a, like a literate person. Right. Um, Cause they just like reference JD Salinger. Like that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's handsome. And by the way, can get
1: girls. <laughs> like, yeah, here's the, that's the weirdest part to me. I'm like, why don't you just go on Tinder, man?
0: Yeah, just like, or like, <laughs> she likes you. Yeah. You don't have uh, to. Just ask her out. You don't have to lure her boyfriend. That was a,
1: you don't have to stand outside her apartment for eight hours. No. To And for whatever reason, this girl who lives on a ground floor level of an apartment is totally okay with not having curtains. No curtains. And having sex in, her, in front of her. Oh,
0: they're exhibitionists. Yes. She lives on the ground floor in like Manhattan. Yeah. In the village. And he doesn't hide in the shadows he just stands on the sidewalk across the street yeah just watches in his little windbreaker for the whole time right and he's girls would like him he's got a very angular face he reads (laughs) yep (laughs) and he is nice and he i I don't like in the second episode they kind of allude to how he's probably been like a psychopath before
1: right they they i was gonna say they must go into eventually how he's got issues and what gives him those issues and yeah, but they
0: yeah. I already know a little bit about what gives him those issues, but
1: again, that creates sympathy totally for this very evil person. Yeah. What? So the first episode happens. This girl walks in. They have a chemistry, and he he's like, she wants me to know her name. She's giving me her credit card, right? And kind of like admonishes the guy who's like, dude, I would totally Google her, and he's like, hey, you're that's pretty creepy. <laughs> so like, he acknowledges it is pretty creepy. Yep. Which, like, you know, Googling someone after meeting them, probably not really that creepy in today's society. And then ends up going... So I was like, okay, so he's going on, on Facebook to find out, like, her deal. Right. This, so far, not that weird.
0: Well, it's not only not weird, you're supposed to know it's gonna get weird. Yeah. And what you're not necessarily supposed to pick up on, which is more subtle, which is that... um, all of us have been creepy and like right. and discovered more about somebody than we ought to know yeah. through these channels that they have voluntarily provided. Right. And so what the message of this show might have been, it's not, but it what it <laughs> might more cleverly have been would be if seen through a different lens, yep. your handsome protagonist may be kind of a creepy motherfucker. Right. In a lot of romantic comedy right. cases. But, or we're all a little bit of the stalker, exactly. But, but it wasn't that <laughs> they go. They make such an effort to make her real boyfriend, yes, the worst. Yep. and he also kidnaps and uh, hits him in the head with a hammer. So right,
1: and, and in a Home Alone two esque way, yeah, he does not die. He's fine. He's totally fine with being hit in the head with a steel mallet. Yeah, that would kill him. That was like full over the head. Oh, it was a. Full 360
0: yeah. degree swing.
1: If it, When he woke up, like, he shouldn't have been making sense. No, <laughs> He should have just been like, Dr. Dural's <laughs> And hit brain matter on his face, too. Yeah.
0: His skull would be crushed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so no curtains in NYC ground floor apartment. Right, that's Oh, look, they like books. That's not a personality. Yeah. Uh, I Something about sunlight kills books faster than fire. Nope. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah um something something inherently wrong with although uh this kid is in a uh is in a troubled house he was over the top taking right? him away from the house yeah. like to your place of work and bringing him to your book dungeon
0: brought him to the book dungeon uh showed him this weird glass case he keeps in the basement in the book dungeon
1: yeah and i didn't like the way that they kept making it seem like he was going to do something to the kid. Oh, they did. Well, I I kind of felt like the kid was all alone in the, in the cage. And it kind of seemed like at any moment he was just going to like, like he like gets really close to his face and starts off. Right. He's like, that's the one thing about books. Yeah. (laughs) You're
0: like, whoa, okay. The kid serves two purposes in the show. To make you like Joe, yeah, to show that he to has make a, you think he's a good to guy. show that he has a nice side, and also he is Joe younger, yeah, right, like Joe is ex- also exposed to abuse An abusive, and yeah. and neglect totally and he he got lost in books and then he became a psychopath, right. So this kid is just Joe. Uh, but I thought the abusive stepfather or mom's boyfriend character is so over the top yeah. that he threw the kid out of the house because he was reading because that made him feel dumber than the kid. Yeah. And then like Joe is walking in the hallway where in the building where he lives. And he's like, talk to him again and I'll murder you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, Whoa. Yeah. And he said, yeah, he says, I'll gouge his eyes, gouge out. His eyes
0: out. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's, there's, yeah, there's also no reason for that. And also I was kind of like, in a certain sense, good on you, man. You should kind of be like having an issue with a, Man who takes your kid away, although like I know it was fraught with issues because yes. they were like they it's okay for him to be him angry outside. about the kid disappearing. Yes, yes, but it's not okay to leave him outside while he's either abusing or having sex with the kid's mom, or threatening to gouge someone's eyes out. Right, that's probably not okay. It's generally not
0: acceptable. No. But I watched. The but he kind of <laughs> he
1: kind of punks him. Yeah, Joe's like he like slowly leans in a little bit. Joe feels nothing. No. Where does this show go? Because- Well, it's book, booked for season two, isn't it? Yep. So we just, we're just we just going to get a more psycho Joe. The a Joe is, that we know for sure is 100 Well, we knew that at the beginning of the episode. But.
0: In probably no time at all, he's going to get Beck, the girl, right? Yeah. And then what? And also eventually, like, is he going to- outgrow all of his tendencies yeah. or will he like become abusive to her like at what point
1: is this not going to be fun anymore can i make a guess about what happens in like three sentences okay okay gets boyfriend uh, like kills boyfriend beck starts dating him finds out about boyfriend he brings back to book dungeon and Maybe Kills Beck? Okay. Also, why is your name Beck when it's supposed to be Guinevere? Guinevere Becker. Oh, Becker. I okay. Think. Gotcha. Some of the things you just predicted happen in episode two. <laughs> You're
0: kidding me. <laughs> oh, yeah. They chug this thing along.
1: Yeah. But to what end? And why is it? It did not have to be a hour long show.
0: No, it doesn't. It's 40 minutes or something. I was thinking, yeah. that I
1: felt like they could have got there quick. Maybe not to the end of episode one, but a lot happens in episode one.
0: Yeah, you're right. The other thing is it's like it's just another gossip girl show which he was on. It's yeah. just another pretty little liar show with with Shay Mitchell. She's one of the buddies. Right. Narrated by That's right. someone on the show. Right. Uh I feel like I have other thoughts, but I don't know if they're worth discussing. <laughs> Not <laughs> worth the time. I don't know if they're the worth the time. I just like that's that's what I want to get to is like where does this go ultimately?
1: Cuz like he either dies. Yeah. Unreformed, or yep. he reforms, and that's worse. A coworker said, "I watched you," and she's like, "And they have a second season coming out, but we're good." <laughs> okay, and I was yeah. like, "That that totally makes sense to me. Why you would watch one season, it's booked for another season. You're like, oh, he's gonna come back and be a psycho again." You know what though? Like I've watched a lot of shows and thought I'm done, and, and then I'm bored him. and
0: I put the next one on. That's how exactly. it is with Riverdale. Riverdale was tastefully terrible yeah and now it's so fucking stupid yeah but every now and then they do a thing that
1: i'm like oh (laughs) last week archie died really yeah i think we're becoming i think the dynamic of the show is changing a little bit where i thought that you were a huge purveyor of television but you're really the purveyor of trash trash television i think i always have been yeah yeah you're right and you have been but i've been i'm only now coming to grips with it because there's so many shows that we've watched, and I've said like, man, we got to get all the way through. I'm trying to think of an example. Like, so you're you watch The Good Place, you, watch, you like you haven't watched Game of Thrones, you haven't watched, um, but I love me some This Is Us. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is? That's what I'm saying. That's that, right. That is broad. Right. That's right. <laughs> Although okay, so cool. is Game of Thrones. So is Game Game of Thrones, but I mean, that's the thing. You haven't watched some of the broad shows that are just maybe a little heavier on the dramatic side, which Game of Thrones is not. Okay, but but lest anybody think I haven't watched any good television,
0: I just know what I like. That's right. And we have always had two uh, very distinct sets of of likes and dislikes, and that's partly what makes this discussion good.
1: Yeah, you're right
0: as evidenced by the fact that I'm not so much a snob that I don't think Black Panther should win Best Picture, but you are
1: that's that right. much of a snob. That's right. That's my Emma. And <laughs> I've seen shows like, uh, uh uh what's, I can't even think of what it's called. <laughs> you must have loved it. Loved it. No, it's the one that's always mentioned with The Sopranos. Um, oh, I don't know. What about Baltimore and the... Oh, The Wire. The Wire. Yeah. Yes. I don't know why I was
0: like, Baltimore guys. Yeah. (laughs) Well, when you said it's always mentioned with The Sopranos, that's not a big help. I'm like, Sex and the City? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) The Sopranos and The Wire were kind of the... Yeah. But I've never seen that. Right. I've never seen either of those shows.
1: Man, speaking of The Sopranos, oh my God. I just had the most hilarious realization that in my dream last night... I had there was a part that was mentioned Okay, so I was dreaming that little Steven was <laughs> admonished by like or not even admonished, just like like completely insulted by an intelligent actor. Okay. In some movie where they were both playing football players.
0: This happened in your dream? This
1: happened in my dream. And I was thinking like, oh, oh my God, who was it that called out Little Steven? And then I said, no, this was a dream. Little <laughs> Steven was called out by like Tom Hanks or something in my dream or like Al Pacino. He's was like, go play pretend. You can't do it here.
0: What if you turn out to be some kind of pop cultural clairvoyant? And, and that happens? In some time from now, we have audible proof that you made this prediction that it actually happens. It would be incredible. And then there's a great discussion about whether it was willed to happen because you put it out into the universe. Because now it's out there. Or if, in fact, you predicted it publicly.
1: I picture, for some reason, I'm picturing little Steven in a Dallas Cowboys jersey and long hair (laughs) running off the field insulted.
0: This is very specific. By,
1: like, Al Pacino, I want to say. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah. Not happening. No. No, I think I was just thinking of the scene in... uh, in the Sopranos where he's very badly doing the impression of just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Right. That's referenced a lot. And I was
0: just thinking of the jailhouse
1: scene in Christmas Chronicles. Wasn't that bad? Bad. Also, why are they playing? Oh, did we talk about this? Yeah. For some reason they're playing Epiphone guitars. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Like little Steven. I'm like, what deal did little Steven have
0: to be fair? it does kind of drive me crazy when like Phoebe plays a Gibson. Yeah. And it's a thing you see a lot. Sure. But he's an actual professional
1: musician. Totally.
0: And it's a fantastical moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You could have gotten any. That's the most insane thing. Like, why didn't we get like a $10,000 Les Paul or like a Rickenbacker or Telecaster? Does he play a Telecaster normally? Uh, No, Bruce does.
0: Right. Uh, Yeah. Well, I, I mean, theoretically, he was probably playing his own guitar thing is epiphone doesn't make shitty guitars no
1: they're, they're actually really good but it's just kind of like the junior level of gibson isn't in, it usually or I mean, it's like assembled in in a different place so they I, I guess
0: i don't know the specifics of it they are owned by gibson and if your guitar says gibson on it that does look flashier for yeah, sure totally yeah I don't know, man. I'm sure he's got a Gibson at
1: home. If that's my biggest issue with the movie, then it was a good movie. Then the Christmas Chronicles, greater than Home Alone? <laughs> the best thing about the Christmas Chronicles is they end it with nothing had to make sense. <laughs> oh, no, Because the whole journey didn't have to happen at all. That's right. Well, isn't that true about life itself? You're right. You're right. Nothing had to make sense, guys.
0: Okay, I'm going to put you on the clock so you can recap the first episode of Sex Education yes.
1: in three, two, one. Okay, so the son of a sex therapist is going to his first day of school. Uh, his buddy, who is gay, um, is also having some issues, uh, being bullied and such. Uh, the bully ends up being the partner of the. Do- They're their- their partners. <laughs> Bio partners? Bio whatever. partners. Yep. Um, he goes to the house, finds out that his mom's like a sex therapist, um, and the kid after he takes Viagra because he can't come, he uh, has some... Fuck. Oh, God. Wow. You left out a lot. (laughs) I know. Okay. Can I try starting again? Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Take your time. Just in a time-taking way where I'm not on the clock. It
0: opens where this this bully guy is having sex with his girlfriend
1: and he can't Can't finish. finish. Yeah. So he can't finish. Uh, He gets paired with the sex therapist's son, they go to his house. He tries to do his best to hide the fact that his mom's a sex therapist, but he's wandering around the house. His partner's wandering around the house and finds out. Yep. Uh, the mom comes comes home. He thinks she's super hot, and they smoke weed together. He's like, so
0: insanely inappropriate, by the way. This woman is so inappropriate. Yeah.
1: He's like, your mom's hot and cool. What's wrong with you? Right. Um, he ends up getting Viagra from someone, taking it at school. The son and his new bio partner who is the kind of punky girl um is uh which you have a problem with i'm just so tired
0: of the cliche of uh loner and angry kind of goth stupid beautiful girl at school who talks down to our nice guy protagonist but ultimately they become friends and she looks like margot robbie
1: it's so tiring the yeah they've they've got a definite ecosystem but they kind of make you care about the ecosystem, so. Speak for yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry. Speak for my dumb self. Yeah. My less than. That's right. Sweet. Hey, look, self. I'm not the snob here. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. You say so. <laughs> uh, so they end up. Uh, he ends up essentially talking him out of having a huge boner. Yeah. From the Viagra. Which, well, he talks him out of his uh, intimacy problems. Yes. Yeah. And that, for some reason, makes his boner go down. Yes. And uh, because apparently it was the stress of his intimacy problems that was keeping his boner up. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Yeah. You know how Viagra works? Yeah. 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 It. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, then what happens after that, Sweets?
0: Then. Yeah. Uh, he goes into the cafeteria because he's so confident right. in his
1: dick. Weird, the worst part of this show yeah. was this part. He's
0: so happy about his dick that he shows it to everyone in the cafeteria. And this is supposed to be a coup for him being the headmaster's son. Right. Yeah. And he, uh, he doesn't uh, get charged with a sex crime because he's the headmaster's son. Yeah. But ultimately, he... Uh, so the the girl she decides that they can make money by giving out intimacy advice that's right in the washroom because he can get information from his mom and they can make a bunch of money, which, by the way, is the plot of Charlie Bartlett oh right. Antonio so that's that's an issue, which is a way sweeter movie right, and it takes place in the bathroom, yeah,
1: uh, you liked this, hey? well, I liked it, but I feel like if I saw Charlie Bartlett, I would think it was way more derivative. that's not the only reason no this is a okay, problem. so so. Here are the things I liked for no reason at all. It <laughs> made it seem like it was taking place in the 80s. Right. In the first 20 minutes then of the they show. Have, then they have laptops. Then they have laptops and phones and it didn't have to be. So I was like, well, what, what an interesting choice. I just thought that was weird. And That's cool. fine.
0: But on a bigger, grander scale, I kind of think this was clearly written by people who don't know what it's like to be uh, pubescent mm. in 2019. Right down to the point where he's got like a porno mag. in in his bedside table. Right. So some of it is motif and some of it is
1: ignorance. Yeah, I think the porno mag had to be because they were (laughs) concealing the fact that it took place in present day for no reason. Maybe. I
0: also think that like... It's it's too American. Like it's clearly going for a for a John Hughes thing. Yeah. So either like pretty in pink or clueless, which is not John Hughes, Mm -hmm. because they all like have nice clothes and stuff. Yeah. But then it loses its identity.
1: It loses its British self. Yeah. It doesn't look anything
0: like a British school.
1: No. You're right. I I had trouble reasoning out why like what this school was. It seemed like it was abandoned?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What is with the bathroom? That is out and has grass growing in
1: it. Yeah, it, well, it's not the bathroom. I don't know. It's like an old part of the school. So I why think. is that's it like there? Abandoned. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. And but having been in high school,
0: I promise, if that's on school property, it's full of people. It's yeah. not where nobody goes. It's just two people. Yeah. Yeah,
1: you're right. Yeah, there's never any more than two people in there. No.
0: Especially since there's people fucking in the quad. That's where they'd go. Yeah,
1: that's true. I I felt like... <laughs> Yeah, that was a point that I had. They just don't know what it's like it's to just, be young. It's just no, it was just so silly. Like the, like it, it's it's no, way it's over not the, it's not satire. It's way over the top. It's not
0: satire. It thinks it's They it's think they think
1: it. that people are actually having sex pants around their ankles it thinks outside it's, at it school thinks in it's front it's of nailing other people.
0: It. I don't know. I think it does. Okay. Yeah. No, I had a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so riddled with cliches. Also, the Gillian Anderson character, this mom who's a therapist, but she doesn't realize she's like using her therapy to fuck up her child, is also a cliche. Right. And I'm just, and she's so inappropriate. She's bad at her job. She's like she's also she's got intimacy problems.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, I and maybe that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they call out at some point. That's fair. Mom, you're the you're the friggin' insane one.
0: Yeah. Uh. Otis says he's left-handed when the guy goes to shake his hand. He's like, don't worry, I'm left-handed because he had just been jerking off. Right. He's not. He uses a pen with his right hand later in the episode. Well, I think
1: maybe that that's not less of a continuity problem. Maybe he was just
0: making maybe, an excuse in the time, maybe. moment. Maybe. He should put a sign on his bedroom door because his mom's lovers constantly keep coming in. Just put a sign right. on your door. Otis's
1: room. Yeah. But, hey, fair enough.
0: Uh... Bullies are subtler than this. This is a thing I've talked about before when we talked about high school dynamics. The shoving you up against the lockers. I'm not saying bullies don't exist. They do. But nobody gets shoved up against a locker. Right. It's more insidious and quieter than that. And it's worse. Yeah. But people don't get their lunch stolen. No, Not I now. thought I
1: thought the lunch stolen thing was I don't know. That's when when I still thought it was taking place in the eighties, and I thought maybe that was lunch stealing was a bigger issue then. Yeah,
0: and then also just to
1: to pile on what, the can, mother, can I can I ask you what is the the bullying? What is the the point of bullying? Do we know in the show? No, just like like I know that you're you're saying that bullying doesn't happen to just get stuff from someone it's more insidious no that's not what i said well you bu- said
0: no bu- bullying bullying i guess clinically speaking comes from people who have their own insecurities right right and that's usually how it's narratively demonstrated and certainly it's the case for this guy because he's as big of a fat cliche as everyone else in the show is mm. um but considering you live in a world where you can say stuff without having to say it right on the internet And you could spread rumors and you can be cruel without having to lay a hand on somebody. It's much easier to be a bully Mm -hmm. and get away with it. Yeah. I don't need your lunch. I don't want your shitty lunch. Right. You know, it's, that's why, that's why I just, and maybe I'm naive, but like I wasn't the most popular kid. I did okay in high school, but like I wasn't the most popular. I've never been shoved against a locker. It's just such a stupid cliche. Right. I've yeah. never had my lunch stolen.
1: No. No. But you have been punched. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. So what what was the means for you getting punched? He just wasn't a
0: very nice guy. But that's fair. I guess I I don't know. It's just I I I I don't know. It just feels different. Yeah. It okay. feels different. It also didn't happen on school property. Gotcha. I guess that makes sense to but he wasn't trying to get anything but maybe nope and and maybe that's the well i also uh he was mean and then i oh you're smart ass yeah well gotcha. my gotcha. guess i was sure. like okay. oh no i've been in those situations yeah, yeah. um but it, yeah it was i guess it was a preying on the weak thing at first but then right. was like and then
1: you're like well you're a fucking tool yeah, yeah. exactly okay, gotcha
0: yeah um Maybe it's simpler than my trying to analyze it for mm. what is real and what's not real. Maybe I can just
1: watch it and tell it's not real. Sure.
0: Maybe that's my problem is yeah. that I'm looking at it and I just don't believe it.
1: No, it's 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 almost as fantastical as the flying helicopter. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I I was able to suspend my disbelief, not suspend my disbelief, but just, I don't know. I was able to go along with it a little bit more. Okay. I don't know why. All right. You should watch Charlie Bartlett.
0: Yeah, I should. Yeah. no, and Nobody talks about this movie. And Anton Yelchin died a couple of years ago, which kind of makes it sad now. Yeah. Uh, but Robert Downey Jr. is in it. He plays kind of like the straight guy in it. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like the square in it. And Kat Dennings is in it. And it's a much better representation of youth loneliness. Right. And what you'll do to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Is that and
1: also kind of eighth grade?
0: No, they're in high school. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, the movie Eighth Grade. Yeah. Hey, speaking of snubs. I mean, it was gonna I was snub.
1: thinking that that like that was getting so much more heat at the time. Yeah, like, it kinda the, the
0: only thing it would have been nominated for is best lead actress Elsie Fisher and that's tight. That's right. that's pretty tough. She deserved it.
1: And director wouldn't have happened.
0: Director wasn't never going to happen because yeah. none of the other ones were getting it. The screenplay is amazing and it deserved it and it's the most honest movie of the year. Yeah. And this is another thing we didn't talk about when it comes to what should be what should win best picture. Uh it's the best snapshot of now. Right. And that that is almost never... I think never, that is really important. That is almost never the winner of Best Picture. In fact, how many period pieces have won Best Picture recently? Mm-hmm. Probably exclusively.
1: We were talking about um, when Aaron Sorkin was on Bill Simmons about how The Social Network was like the best movie of the first 10 years. Yes, it was. And you're right. it It is that kind of movie that does capture... Although it was maybe four or five years earlier uh when it came out when it out, it was yeah uh i don't know when
0: it came out like uh, 2010 or something so um and it was taking place in 2006 right i guess yeah i feel like that was the best movie of now at the time it definitely spoke to what the world was then and kind of in a way it doesn't age well the movie is incredibly rewatchable but not everything still fits because of what we now know regarding the context of not just Facebook, but social media in general. Some of it is kind of small. And all the people in this movie don't know what social media is. And that's what the movie's about. They're learning it. And and now it's preposterous to imagine young people who don't know what social media media is. Uh, But it's incredibly rewatchable. You almost, I think, have to be okay with your movie uh, not aging well Mm -hmm. if you want to take a good snapshot film. Eighth grade won't age well either. Right. Because it's going to look
1: like Clueless.
0: Right. Well, the thing about Clueless is, I've said this before, they do an extraordinary job of somehow uh, doing a parody of the era they're in. And that's very hard. Right. That's very hard to do. Right. It's easy to do it retrospectively.
1: What do you think about Bill Simmons saying that Aaron Sorkin, he's like, well, you could do that, but you've never done an anti-hero I was like, well, what was Zuckerberg in yeah. the social network? I
0: thought the same thing. I was like, he, you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: he was not like the good guy that everyone was. Steve Jobs for. was an anti hero too. True. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah.
0: Totally right. I, I forgot about it. Steve Jobs. Everybody did yeah (laughs) aaron sorkin still likes to say um if you see steve jobs now you can still be among the first people to see it right (laughs) he was on marin on monday what'd you think of that it was it's so textbook like i on the one hand uh i'm excited to hear from him on the other hand it's always kind of a letdown Mm -hmm. because where he's guilty of Sorkinisms in his writing he's guilty of it in his interviews as well and so when he says um my love of theater started when my parents would take me to see plays. In many cases, they were plays that I was too young to understand, like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf when I was nine. Right. I He can start the sentence and I can finish it's it. like a canned line. Yeah, it's it's such a canned line. I can't believe he's fine with using it. Right. <laughs> That's. I like the sound of intelligent people arguing. It sounds like music to me.
1: Has he ever spoken about how he's using these canned lines
0: never but somebody should do a supercut yeah and so it's he has he's had um some bad press this week mm-hmm. he gave an interview they were talking about politics and because he's made political content before people always ask him about politics right. and so i know that he uh His heart is in the right place. I know he's well-intentioned, but the thing about Aaron Sorkin for being the guy famous for writing the most well-spoken people, he's not well-spoken. No. And he's kind of got a big mouth. And he forgets sometimes, I think, that uh, off-the-cuff conversation is a first draft. Right. And to be provocative has consequences. And so he said the other day that he likes the new crop of, of young Democrats that have entered as of the midterms. He likes them but he thinks that now it's time for them to stop acting like young people, and that phrasing oh, is not going over yeah.
1: well. Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: Because what he means is get down to business. Yeah. But maybe I'm giving him too much credit because what it also sounds like he means is AOC needs to stop doing cooking tutorials on Instagram. Right. And that's
1: not true because that's what makes her interesting. Right. And honestly, like, when you said AOC, I knew exactly who it was. But I knew exactly who it was through the SNL skit that I just watched. Oh, really? I'm like, I don't know that much about this girl. You're kidding. Yeah. She
0: is the best. Really? She's the best. She is the youngest woman ever elected to Congress. She's 29 years old. Okay. Uh, And she won in a landslide. She is... Where? So, uh, New York, I think. Uh, In like one of her boroughs in New York. Right. She is so smart and so fresh. She's giving other Congress people, like a crash course in how to tweet. Right. And like how to be effective with social media. She's a socialist. She's a a democratic socialist. She had an interesting thing about a month ago. You probably heard about it where uh, because she's threatening to old Republicans, Mm -hmm. old white Republicans, because she's fresh and different. Yeah. um, They dug up this old video of her doing the dance from the breakfast club. You know the dance on the bookshelves? Yeah. Like the very vertical two-dimensional dance from The Breakfast Club? Yeah. Somebody found this old footage of her doing it in college. Okay. And they tried to use it to smear her. (laughs) Like they leaked it as if to say like, this is gonna end Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Wow. And everyone was just like, Okay. This is the nicest thing I've ever seen. You know this, the, is, this is dirt. Remember the uh, do you ET remember? video? Or yeah, the, do you remember the, the extra video? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And th- it was just so silly. It just made her more winning. Like She's, she's yeah. great. And frankly, one of the reasons she is a villain to the other side is that she's beautiful.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Gotcha. And and Melissa Villasenor did a, a good impression. She did a good that. job? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go Google her. Like, I know Beto O'Rourke. I didn't know that. AOC was someone I should. These should are the two
0: rock stars of the Democratic okay. Party right now. Good.
1: Good. Yeah. good. I heard. Did, it, did we talk about, about how Beto O'Rourke wrote like apparently a, an incredible email when he didn't get um, like an email to all of his followers? No, that's that, nice. That was supposed to be like, you know, he's talking about like, uh, I'm sitting at home with the family. I'm folding laundry. I'm eating pizza, pizza, laundry last of the mohicans is playing it's pizza laundry mohicans and like it's kind of just like uh he's supposed human, to be like he? a guard guard down kind yeah. of like thank you for following me through my next step i think i'm gonna go take the dog for a walk after that he I'm has gone like... too
0: far though like he also live streamed his uh <laughs> dental surgery last week <laughs> okay <laughs> everyone's just like stop yeah okay gotcha <laughs> but he's very very cool and likable right. and smart yeah it's gonna be an interesting time yeah, it's going to be horrible. Yeah,
1: who's 2020 going to be? Who do we think the main candidate for 2020 is? Going
0: uh, to be? Kamala Harris entered the ring this week. Okay, is that uh, a name I should know? Yeah, probably. Okay, you get to know it, I guess. I don't know, man. I'm going to start listening to Pod Save
1: America. You or should. Something. I've just learned to, so much just to try to keep keep myself in the loop.
0: You really should. It's a good time for it. It's a little discouraging, but they're they're very affable and they yeah. just like they they talk on in, in your terms. Great. Yeah. Great. Great.
1: I don't have a Will Smith thing. Oh, oh shit. God! You know what? I was talking today uh, to a friend who said he saw. Uh, he started watching *Enemy of the State*, and then okay. he just went. Will Smith is such a horrible actor. Oh my God! <laughs> like I didn't get through it. I was like, you know what? I can't really think of the last movie that I watched Will Smith in. But I don't know that I could refute that too much. It's I, interesting, I, isn't it? Because he's he's like a Tom Cruise, and that everyone's like,
0: that's a great actor. Because in the 90s he gave like two really good performances. Yeah. And ever since he's just been coasting. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you're right. I had no defense. I wasn't like, well, have you seen Have you seen Concussion? Exactly. I did not go to any of the like. I just said. Huh. <laughs>
0: Has Will Smith been pulling the wool over my eyes? He's been masquerading as a good actor. He's been letting you believe something false. He's been acting like a good actor outside of movies. (laughs) To be fair, he's been effectively acting like a good actor.
1: Never trust Will Smith. Never
0: trust Will Smith.